It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. BYU football's hot streak in the transfer portal continued on Monday with former Oklahoma State left tackle Caleb Etienne announcing that he is transferring to the BYU football program. What does he bring to BYU's offensive line? What does his former head coach think of him transferring inside the conference? And of course, we're going to let you hear an exclusive one-on-one conversation with his tackle bookend, Kingsley Suomati. It's all ahead on today's show. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Always appreciate you guys making it a part of your routine whenever you're listening to it. And a big thank you for making us your uh, just essentially the top BYU podcast out there. I can't say that almost unequivocally that we are the most downloaded and most listened to BYU podcast. And that obviously helps by the fact that we are your only daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. All right, let's dive right in on today show. It's going to be an offensive tackle heavy show. Not originally planned to be that way, but when the transfer portal hot streak for BYU continues, you're going to talk about that. And that came by way of Caleb Etienne announcing that he'll be a member of the BYU football program. And I think this is a pretty big pickup for BYU, quite literally. He is listed at six foot seven, 330 pounds, started all 13 games a year ago for Oklahoma State as their left tackle. He comes into BYU with two years of eligibility remaining, so he has an opportunity to not just play just one year. He's not a one-year rental for BYU football. He's got multiple years to work with, to develop within the BYU offense, and he is going to be a fantastic addition to an offensive line unit that has been in some flux. Uh, Throughout spring ball, we have been tracking the offensive line. There's been a bunch of rotation on that offensive front, particularly at right tackle. Guys like Braden Kime, Lisala Ty, uh, Ian Fitzgerald, even some Tyler Little I saw with my own eyes had opportunities to show what they could do at right tackle for BYU, but none of them seemingly locked down a position there. Now, it's not to say that none of them would have locked down a position because it is spring ball. It is a time for guys to try out different positions and see where they best slot in. But there is obviously a need for more established offensive linemen to be a part of this unit, and Aaron Roderick said it himself in our final media session with him after spring ball wrapped up. He said that in the transfer portal, if there's a good player out there we feel like we can get, we will go get him regardless of position. They don't care that if it's a 
need or a want, they will go get it if they can get it. And that's what Caleb Etienne appears to be for me, is more of a want versus a need. Now, if you go by his pro football focus grades, he didn't grade out well last year. Uh, paltry 51 on PFF's rankings. It's in the 500 range of offensive tackles. But this is a guy who started 13 games at the Power 5 level. The other thing about this is he's actually a pretty good pass blocker because if you look at the stats, he gave up exactly one sack in over 600 uh, pass plays last year for Oklahoma State. Now, the the grade that gets dragged down for him is his run blocking grade, and that is something he will have to work on coming into BYU. But also, here's the thing. BYU has their left tackle. Kingsley Suomataia, who you're going to hear from here in just a moment on this podcast, is going to be BYU's left tackle. There is no way, no how, anybody is unseating him unless he gets injured. He is set up to be the next star left tackle for BYU. So, and actually, in some ways, moving a guy like ETN to right tackle, where I think he will line up for BYU, and I think he's probably... Pencil in right now as the starter for BYU. I know he's just just joining the program, but he's that established of a player, and I think he has that much experience. You probably factor him in as your starting right tackle. That makes two fantastic, experienced bookend tackles for BYU's offensive line to protect Keaton Slovis. Slovis talked about this on last Friday when he was speaking with the media. He said that the one thing that attracted him to BYU was the fact that they have traditionally been very good about protecting their quarterbacks. Very few sacks taken. Uh, they keep their quarterbacks upright. And giving them the ability to, to make plays. And that's something he has struggled with at times during his playing career is due to paltry offensive line play, he has suffered some injuries. So he wants guys who are going to keep him upright and have a guy like Kingsley Suomataia at six foot six and 300 and whatever pounds he is versus a guy like uh, Caleb Etienne at 6'7", 330 pounds. That is a fantastic pair of tackles to throw out there on the football field. The other thing about this is if Caleb Etienne is all he has cracked up to be and slots into that right tackle spot, that opens up a myriad of op- more opportunities for BYU to move guys to the interior and hopefully bolster that part of the offensive line. I really like what Caleb, uh, not Caleb Etienne, what I like what Connor Pay brings to the table. Now Connor went into spring ball as the starting center. Now Paul Miley, the transfer from Utah, would likely play that center spot if he is considered to be one of the top five linemen that gives BYU the best opportunity to make plays. That would probably move Connor Pay to one of the guard spots, but he's very adept. I feel like at moving around amongst the interior offensive linemen. I also think Waylon Lapu. The transfer from Utah State is probably going to lock down one of those starting uh, positions. He was mainly playing a left guard throughout spring ball alongside Kingsley Suomataia, so they should have some nice chemistry there in, in theory having worked together. So you're going to be given an opportunity to maybe have 8, 9, 10 guys along this offensive front who you think are capable of contributing to BYU and their offense this year. The bigger thing will be in finding the right combination of five guys. You brought in Ian Fitzgerald from the transfer portal, the transfer from Missouri State. I actually had a person, I forgot, I probably should have pulled this up. The question was sent to me, it actually might have been a text, but nonetheless, the question was asked, what about Ian Fitzgerald? Why are they supplanting him at right tackle? I'll tell you this much, Ian Fitzgerald barely saw time at right tackle, it felt like, as compared to the time I saw him playing on the interior of BYU's offensive line. When he originally committed to BYU at six foot five, a right tackle from the FCS level, to me it screamed that he would slot inside as a guard at the power five level 
playing out his uh, playing career in a Cougar uniform. So there is going to be a bevy of options out there for BYU. I haven't even mentioned guys like Lee Salatai. I've heard good things about Peter Falanico. Trevin Osler has had his moments uh, with BYU during this spring ball. So the good news, if you're a BYU fan, is there is no doubt an opportunity for BYU's offensive line to be quite strong, if not stronger than it was a year ago. Uh, Braden Kime also factors into the, the conversation there as a very tall uh, tackle. He actually probably got the most time at right tackle with the ones during spring ball, but uh, I think that his position obviously is that quote-unquote starter at right tackle for BYU very much in jeopardy. Now, Mike Gundy, uh, Oklahoma State head coach, is not averse to making some comments on the record when it comes, comes to talking about some of his players, and when it comes to a former player who decides to transfer inside the conference, well, he had some words about this. This comes by way of Caden McFarland from Tulsa, Oklahoma NBC affiliate KJRH TV. Shared this video on Twitter. I asked him for uh, permission to use it on the podcast. He said go right on ahead. So it's all credit to him for getting this video and the audio from Mike Gundy, and hopefully YouTube does not flag it, but nonetheless, here you go, Mike Gundy on what he thinks of Caleb Etienne leaving his program. Well, like Caleb, Caleb just felt like he got beat out, so he left. Um, but that's his choice. Um, um, you know, you're going to have different things. I, I mentioned this to the portal. I think now everybody's coming around to the portal realizing the portal is there for a variety of reasons. Um, players can get more money in the NIL. They can be a player that's late in their career and just says, I want to do something different. I want to go somewhere new. Or a guy says, I'm not going to be a starter. I want to go be a starter. So as of now, we have one guy, which would be Caleb, and he didn't feel like he was going to start here and that he was going to lose his job, and so he wanted to go somewhere else. I'm not a big fan of the portal in the spring because it's extremely difficult to replace roster numbers. But I don't make the rules and standards. I just adjust to them as they go. There you go, Mike Gundy, and some pointed comments on his former offensive tackle, uh, Caleb Etienne, leaving the Oklahoma State football program and obviously joining a new conference member in BYU. But I guess Oklahoma State's loss is BYU's gain, and I, for one, cannot wait to see what Caleb Etienne brings to the BYU football program. The other thing about this is, if you're a BYU offensive lineman who feels like, well, they're recruiting over me, well, guess what? They probably are, and you better be working your tail off to get better at this because BYU, they're, they're no, there's no legacy or this guy is uh, kind of uh, bided his time in this program and he he deserves a shot. That stuff that that's that's for peewee football. This is Power 5 football, folks, and you need to get the best players on the field if at all possible, and getting a guy who has played over a 1,000 snaps at the Power 5 level at left tackle and moving him to right tackle, where in theory he should have an easier time than he did a year ago playing the left tackle position for Oklahoma State, that seems like a net positive, a big win for BYU football on the recruiting trail, and I, for one, cannot wait to see what Caleb Etienne once again brings to the BYU football program. Well, the guy who might be starting opposite him at left tackle, Kingsley Suomatia, we promised that we would play that interview for you guys to let you hear from him. We'll get to that coming up next right here on Locked On Cougars. First, a word on our friends over at FanDuel. Of course, grand slams, no hitters, and double plays are back. That means baseball is back in our lives, my friend, and there is no better place to get in on the, all the MLB action with, than with FanDuel, America's number one sport, sports book. Excuse me. That's because right now, new customers can step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up now, place your first bet, and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win. Think about that. If you don't win, they're giving you this money. The best part is 
you can bet on anything you want to in the baseball realm. Individual player stats. Will a guy like Aaron Judge hit a home run in any, in any given game? Will a guy, let's say, like Justin Verlander, will he throw a no-hitter when he finally takes the mound for the New York Mets? No matter what you're looking for, if you're looking for team stuff, money, line, spread, all that stuff, it's all available to you now from our friends at FanDuel. So don't miss out on your chance to get a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000 back when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up now. That's FanDuel, an official partner of Major League Baseball. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Appreciate you guys making us a part of your routine. Of course, for those of you out there who are everydayers tomorrow on the show, we are going to be starting to look back a little bit more at spring ball. And I want to do what I want to do with this. I want to do more of like a stock up versus a stock down uh, situation based on what I thought of a position group going into spring ball and how I feel coming out of it. If that makes sense, we'll have some fun with that. We'll go position group by position group. We'll probably start with the quarterbacks on tomorrow's show and let you guys uh, hear my thoughts on this. But hey, that could get supplanted. I never quite know because it feels like the transfer portal uh, sure has been riding a heater right now for BYU. And if they continue to do that, we will move that into the slot A and we'll, we'll talk about that. But nonetheless, that is our plan for tomorrow's show. All right, uh, time now to let you guys hear, as promised, an interview with Kingsley Suomataia, a guy who I think is going to be very, very good on the field for BYU. I thought he was quite solid a year ago for the Cougars. He was in a little bit of a position battle early on during the 2022 season with the now-departed uh, Campbell Barrington took over that position at right tackle and never gave it an opportunity for Campbell to win it back. Well, he now moves over to the left side and figures he might have an opportunity to go play at the NFL level. So, what is Kingsley Suomataia taking out of spring ball? What is he looking forward to doing in the offseason? Obviously, how is he going to approach this season, which could be his lone one as the left tackle for BYU with some hopes of the NFL riding out there in the future? Without further ado, here you go. Kingsley Suomataia with myself last week after BYU football practice. We've seen you make the transition to left tackle this spring. How has that gone in your opinion? Uh, it's been great. Um, you know, I could play from right to left, center even if I had to. So. Just nothing new. It's just great to be back on the side that I originally play at. Is, is that your preferred? Are you? Are you cause I've, I've talked to enough offensive, offensive linemen. Some like the right side, some like the left side. Are you a left side guy? Yeah. Okay. Is there a reason why you left-handed, like, or is it just a comfort thing? Uh, I'm both-handed, so that's why I say it doesn't matter okay. right for left. Yeah. All right, very cool. Uh, how has this offensive line looked, in your opinion, throughout spring? There's a lot of guys, new guys, new faces. How's it look so far, though? Oh, it looks great. Um, people, you know, still doubting us because, you know, our line last year, it was, it was raw. Um, from Blake to LaChance and Joe to Connor um, and even the Barrington brothers. Uh, you know, even with everyone leaving, um, all the new guys that came in all stepped up. And uh, from Waylon Lapuahu, from starting freshman at yeah. Upper Utah State to Paul Miley, you know, Pac-12 champion. Um, you know, Ian Fitzgerald, yeah. he, he came from playing with all the big dogs out there. Yeah. So it's just it's just cool seeing all the new guys come in, learn our system, um, and just grow a brotherhood. So, 
Is it funny that you've gone from, I guess, the quote-unquote young guy on that line to maybe one of the more veteran guys just with some of the new faces? No, yeah, it's crazy because I still consider myself, I'm still young, but just I only been here a year, but yeah. um, just getting that new role of um, trying to be a leader and trying to help out all the younger guys and younger guys, but they're older than me, but yeah. just all the newer guys. So New to the system, yeah, right? Yeah, <laughs> so this has been good. Now, working with Coach Funk, how, how many adjustments has he made from last year to this year, if at all? Um, just coaching-wise, you know, just um, definitely working more into the technique side of it. Um, we got GA, Braden, um, mm -hmm. you know, came from Oklahoma State, so yeah. it's just crazy um, having new guys that can help us out too, technique-wise, technician-wise, and in the film room, so um, it's just been good. Has Braden talked to you at all about his time at BYU at all in the past? No, I haven't got to yet. Got to ask him about yeah. it sometime. He's, a, he's he's one of the guys, I covered him in recruiting actually way back when. He's yeah. one of my favorite dudes I've ever talked to, so you have to talk to him a little bit about that. Because he's got a pretty interesting career. As you mentioned, he comes from Oklahoma State as a, mm -hmm. as a GA. What's he been like, though, just as a coach? Oh, he's been unbelievable. Um, not only on the field, he's great, but just off the field, just a coach um, that can we can rely on. Uh -huh. Just like a, another father figure, you know, just uh, helping out wherever he can. and. Um, on the field though, it's crazy. Come out here with his cleats on and <laughs> doing the drills with us. So it's just good to have someone like that to teach us. Now, I know you've talked about your aspirations to go into the NFL potentially as soon as next year. What do you feel like you still need to accomplish to accomplish that goal? Um, there's a lot of stuff I still need to accomplish. Um, not only myself, but with my team. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I don't, still up to grabs, you know, just yeah. focus on the season, see if I leave or not. but. Um, right now, just focusing on the season. Um, definitely a goal of mine to win the Outland Trophy, but um, this is wherever the man above has a plan for me, so we'll just see how it goes. Now, you started your career at the Power 5 level at Oregon, obviously. You came here, and now you're making the transition back to going to the Power 5 level. Are you excited for that to be part of the Big 12? Oh, most definitely. This competition left yeah. and right, every game. And every game is going against the best DN, probably the best, best pass rusher, run block stopper, mm -hmm. new stuff you can work on. This, this is going to be good. What's it been like working with quarterbacks like Keaton and Jake out there, the new quarterbacks? Oh, it's, it's crazy. Having Keaton back there, it's crazy just seeing him. He was somewhere else, and now he's with us. Uh -huh. And just learning, learn, like, obviously QBs are smart, but him learning the offense as fast as he did and just making the the check downs and just – being having a like he's really close with us O line. Yeah. So we're all close and he knows that he can trust us, we can trust him, so it's good. Especially Jake. Yeah. Little Patty Mahomes back there just <laughs> singing slinging the ball looking this way, throwing it back that way. Okay. It's crazy. Pat, little Patty Mahomes, I like nah, that nickname. Okay, I like that. Well, you talked about them learning the offense pretty quick, especially in the case of Keaton. So you worked with Jaron. I th you probably have some familiar with Zach, familiar with Zach Wilson as well, just from his time here. How, do, how does he compare in terms of his knowledge of the offense that quickly as compared to those guys? Um, I wasn't here for Zach, uh -huh. so I don't really know about that. But uh, I, I played one year with Jaron, uh -huh. so um, he knew the offense like no other. Um, but Keaton, you know. Coming from a, a, a college that, you know, he, he, he always had to make the own checkdowns. He always had to make the, the calls if he was flipping the calls or not. Um, but just knowing that you have a smart online, we know what we're doing, and we got your back. Yeah. So if you, you think you're going the wrong way, but we're still going to go the other way, but it's cool. Um, he knows the offense really good. So Now, the last thing for me is, as you go into the summer now, we're getting towards the end of spring ball, what are your goals for the summer as you get ready for this upcoming season? Um, just getting that football IQ up, um, okay. you know, just watching film, um, 
but just taking all, all the young guys, you know. They they all look up to all of us, so just hanging out or just small things, but mm -hmm. just working out with all of them. We're going to be here in that nice sandpit over there. <laughs> yeah. From 5 a.m. to who knows when, so. How but, important are those play run practices, by the way? Oh, they're, they're most, it's important. We're getting ready to before the season starts. That's PRPs are just as important as if we had pads on. So um, every every practice counts. You can't take it for granted because you never know. You, either you're going to get hurt or you know. You don't know what's going to happen. Great. Well, Kingsley, thank you so much for some time. Most definitely. Thank you. There you go. BYU offensive lineman Kingsley Suamata'ia. A big thank you to him for taking the time. And uh, he is a man-child, my friends. And I don't mean to call him a child, but he is just a gigantic human being. You can tell just by looking at him. It uh, seems like he's trimmed up a little bit. He told me he's he's weighing a little bit less but feels stronger than he has uh, during his time at BYU. And that's obviously a testament to the work he's done in the weight room, etc. Obviously, have the nutritionist on staff. But very much looking forward to seeing uh, what he can show out there on the football field for the BYU football program this fall. And, uh, and truthfully, if he lives up to the expectations I have for him and I think he, that he has for himself, you're going to kind of defer on what his future is going to hold with regards to the NFL potentially as soon as next year. But the biggest thing is I think that if, if he lives up to the billing that he had when he transferred from Oregon, this really could be his lone season as a starter for BYU at left tackle. And he could be the third straight left tackle for BYU taken in the NFL draft. He's got the body. He's got the ability. He's got the talent. Now he's just got to go out there and prove it on the football field. And the nice part is he'll have a guy opposite him, as we mentioned, with Caleb Etienne locking down the right side in theory for the Cougars. So offensive line prospects looking a little more rosy uh, going into the Big 12 era, having experienced tackles. That's a huge, huge critical need for a quarterback like Keaton Slovis to feel comfortable running this offense. But we'll continue to break that down as we continue on uh, throughout the week right here on Locked on Cougars. All right, coming up here in just a moment. Let's round out today's show with a look at some of the other news out there. A BYU assistant coach got a new head coaching position. We also have to talk a little bit about what's going on with BYU baseball. They're in action tonight. And also, a quick look back at another game in the 2015 season for BYU is our 155-game retrospective on all the games BYU played as an independent football program. Rolls on right here on the podcast on Locked on Cougars. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day, my friends. All right, time now to round out today's show with some news on other BYU sports real quick. Uh, first things first, uh, congratulations are in order to Aaron Kalhoff. He has been named uh, the head coach of Sacramento State. He spent one season with BYU women's basketball as the lead assistant under Amber Whiting uh, in Provo. Uh, big ups to him. He was a Power 5 assistant coach or Power 6 assistant coach before landing at BYU at Penn State, LSU, and TCU. Uh, a very good recruiter by 
by all uh, measures, and now he takes his talents to Sacramento. So best of luck to Coach Kalhoff as he continues to build the program out there with the Hornets. BYU Women's Basketball also be looking at now for a new assistant. They continue to have uh, two of their assistants remain on staff under Coach Whiting, uh, one of those being former BYU Men's Basketball star Lee Kamard, the other being a former BYU Women's Basketball standout Morgan Bailey, but they obviously, uh, Amber Whiting will have to fill a role there. But she has shown the chops uh, both on the recruiting front as well as the uh, uh, coaching front to bring in pretty talented folks and put them around her. So I'm expecting she'll have an option for her uh, in very quick succession. Other news real quick. BYU women's uh, softball lost one nothing to number 5 uh, uh, Stanford at uh, Gail Miller Field yesterday. A tough loss for BYU. Uh, a little bit of a pitcher's duel going back and forth in that one. BYU unable to really generate much offense in the loss to the Cardinal. Also, BYU baseball will be in action tonight. Uh, They're going to be taking on Utah. It's the second of a three-game series this season between the Utes and the Cougars. This one is at Miller uh, Park if you want to get out to it. Six o'clock first pitch. Uh, Weather hoping to hold out there. BYU can play uh, in more rainy conditions as it's kind of forecasted here on a Tuesday because of their turf field. So hopefully you can get the game in. Obviously a little bit cooler temperature-wise as compared to what it has been the last two days. If you're watching this on YouTube and you see my face is a little bit more red, well, when you have young kids, they want to get outside and play when the weather's good. And I think I got a little bit sunburned. But nonetheless, it's fun to be out in the open air and having some fun with my with my daughter and my son. But we'll continue to uh, try to monitor everything going on with BYU baseball. Once again, that'll be a 6 o'clock tonight, uh, a first pitch. It'll be on BYU TV app, also on BYU radio. And if I hear anything about the status of the game, we'll keep you updated on social media on that front as well. Alright, final note before we go on today's show is a look back. We've been going through all 155 games of BYU's independent history. You can go back all the way to January when we started this. We've gone through each season of BYU as an independent football program since 2011. We are getting towards the tail end of the 2015 season and many of you recall the 2015 season was the end of the Bronco Mendenhall era at BYU but uh, we are not quite to that point yet as we came off uh, yesterday's podcast with the loss to Missouri. Obviously all kinds of upheaval with the Missouri Tigers, but they get the win in the end over BYU. The Cougars uh, did not let it linger as they came uh, right back uh, to Provo to host Fresno State, and this was a Fresno State team that was still very much in rebuild mode. They were uh, three and let's see what were they three and seven coming into this game. BYU was seven and three, and BYU just absolutely obliterated the Bulldogs in this game. The final score fifty-two to ten. Uh, BYU took control early. It was twenty-four to three at halftime. They had a twenty more twenty-eight more points uh, in the second half, 14 in both the third and fourth quarters, and they just absolutely, like I said, just thoroughly dominated Boy, uh, Fresno State in this game. Uh, Tanner Mangum ended up completing 24 of 37 passes for 336 yards and one touchdown. I, I was reading up on this, and i forgotten about this. Remington Peck, some of you might rem- remember him as a defensive end for BYU during his time out of Bingham High School. He actually was one of one for 15 yards and one touchdown. He had a QB rating of a perfect 100. Uh, congratulations, Remington Peck. It's one of those, I guess, trivia things you could say. What defensive lineman during the independent era for BYU threw a touchdown pass? And if you named Remington Peck, you probably win a very large prize. And that's a really cool uh, story about that. Francis Bernard had two rushing touchdowns. Nate Carter had a rushing touchdown. Algie Brown had a rushing touchdown as BYU had four rushing touchdowns in this game. They just absolutely ran around through and over the Bulldogs in route to improving to 8-3 and three on the season. 
and setting themselves up for a date, the regular season finale, typically in the past uh, for BYU when they were a member of the Mountain West Conference and the WAC, it had been Utah on Thanksgiving weekend. Well, the Cougars said, okay, if we can't get Utah on Thanksgiving weekend, you know what we're going to do? We're going to slot in Utah State, but we require a trip up to Logan, and we'll talk about what happened in that game as we round out the regular season for the 2015 season. And funny enough, the final regular season game for Bronco Mendenhall, as we would soon find out as well on tomorrow's edition of the podcast. So thank you once again for making us your first listen of the day. Once again, tomorrow we will kick off our look back at spring ball for BYU. Stock up or down versus what I thought going into spring ball for each position group over the next couple of weeks. And who knows, if the transfer portal continues to deliver on, on, a, on a high note, we'll continue to break that down for you guys. I guess, actually, I need to insert one thing on the transfer portal front before we go here. I, I, meant, I for, failed to mention this earlier. But let me uh, reiterate one thing, and it was based on a conversation I had yesterday. I'm not going to try and uh, 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 try and denigrate anybody or uh, implicate anybody. But there was some news out there. Obviously, Stephen Ashworth, the former Lone Peak Knight and Utah State star, announced that he is going to Creighton. And there were some people out there saying that BYU's uh, uh, Royal Blue Collective is not doing enough work. They're, they should have locked this guy down. He should have been BYU's. Now, I, I talked to two different people about the Stephen Ashworth situation, and I, let's I'll just I'll wrap up today's show with that note real quick, is that Stephen Ashworth was looking for two things. One was NIL money, and he also wanted to look for what, it, what was termed to me a winning situation. Now, he wanted to win games. He wanted to play at a high level and play good basketball while making money uh, with NIL. BYU, and it's nothing against the BYU men's basketball program, I I truly believe this, but they are going into a very difficult situation going into the Big 12 era where they're probably not going to finish in the top half of the conference. I'd like to be wrong about that, but I just don't think that's going to happen. Creighton, on the other hand, is a top 25 caliber program that's competing near the top of the Big East, which is uh, number two behind the Big 12 in terms of overall strength, it feels like, in college basketball. He is getting both wishes he wanted, NIL money and also an opportunity to win basketball games. So don't say that BYU's collective is not doing work because I can tell you this much. The three pickups BYU did get this past weekend, if you include AJ Vongpachan, Ali Khalifa, as well as we just talked about with Caleb Etienne, every single one of those players has been a direct beneficiary of BYU's NIL efforts with the Royal Blue Collective. They have been a part of getting of helping BYU land these athletes. So don't go out there and spew out there that BYU failed and the, the Royal Blue Collective is a waste. Actually, how about you put your money where your mouth is and actually contribute to the Royal Blue Collective and help BYU get even better in terms of their NIL efforts to bring athletes into the BYU Athletic Department, football and basketball, uh, most notably among them. That's what I would recommend. If, you, if, you're, if you're upset about the, the BYU losing out on the Stephen Ashworth sweepstakes, I understand that. But if you want to help out, you literally can help that out by contributing to the Royal Blue Collective. I Go to, Royal, uh, go to royalbluecollective.com get started. We had Mark Comer, who is one of the chairs of the Royal Blue, Royal Blue Collective on this podcast recently. He and his crew are doing great work out there. So, so just let me, let me reiterate. If you're going to be upset about the Stephen Ashworth situation, I understand why you might be upset, but there is an opportunity to help that not be a thing in the future, and that is, in in the case of NIL, to contribute to the collective. Give money. Put the money where your mouth is once again and help BYU be more competitive in the NIL sphere. All right. 
There you go. Now I'm done. I, I probably should have mentioned that a little bit earlier. But nonetheless, a big thank you once again for joining us right here on Locked on Cougars. Uh, join us again tomorrow. We'll have everything for you that's happening in BYU sports. Who knows what tomorrow might hold. So join us once again. Become an everydayer and join us right here on the Locked on Cougars podcast. Until then, have a great rest of your day, my friends. This has been the Locked on Cougars podcast. Once again, have a good one. Bye-bye. NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.